Welcome to episode 185 of Cowboy Drive Free Podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. Back after a couple weeks. Feels good to be back. As always, joined by Philip Slavin. How you doing, man? JP, good to have you back here. It's nice to not be flying solo. I mean, of course, I've had guests and such, but it's nice to be able to have you back here. I mean, I have to do all the work. I'm just going to pass it off to you for the next few weeks. I mean, you're not doing anything, right? Oh, no, not at all. You know, only dealing with a two and a half week old now. But I, I really do appreciate you taking the reins there for a couple of weeks so Maddie and I can get adjusted uh, with our new one. EJ is doing great now. Uh, we're super happy. It's funny having a, a little buddy, little guy around the house that looks just like me. It, it's pretty hilarious how my wife spent, you know, nine months, you know, having, you know, you know growing my child, you're growing our, our child and then birthing him to, for him to look just like me. Yeah, <laughs> beard and all, I believe. Do what? Beard and all? Is that? Uh, no, yeah. not, not, not that quite. Not, okay. not quite much. Just okay. hilariously, ironically sized blue eyes, which is so funny. So apparently like kids are born with their eyes full size. Like your eyes are something that don't grow. That's why babies have such big eyes. Like Makes you're born with your eyeballs. They don't change size as you get older. They just get more focused and then, you know, don't work. So... <laughs> Fair enough. I was so excited to, to come on this week and have some football to talk about. Uh, I've you know, listened to the last couple episodes and I've you know, held my takes in and you know, tweeted a little bit, watched some games, and then Baylor decided to do Baylor things and not get their shit together. <laughs> yeah, so obviously no game this week. The, the Baylor game's been moved to December 12th, which would be at the back end of the, the regular season, which could potentially force the Big 12 to move the championship game to the 19th, which has always felt like something they're going to have to do no matter what. Um, the interesting thing for that, look, we all know that cases are going to happen. Um, this virus is what it is. But that they had 42 positive cases between players and, and coaches. That's not an oops-type number. That's not a... Oh. So, A.D. Mac Rhodes on Sikkim 365 Radio basically said they think they had a false negative test or two. So, first, it's the test. Um, when they, I guess, the Friday before they traveled to West Virginia. And then it was the fault of having to travel to West Virginia. And then it was the fault of, you know, those visiting locker rooms are smaller than home locker rooms. So you're crammed into travel. Uh, you're crammed into a, into a visiting locker room. And obviously they didn't have a – one of the tests was faulty, they believe. Uh, and thus we've had this massive outbreak that they now know of. Mind you, there's plenty of photos of, of fans at Baylor's home game uh, against Kansas – uh, not wearing masks and players high-fiving them after their big season opening win as they walk down there. Like, look, But they also happen. had problems the weeks prior before they played Houston. And oh, well, that's why Houston, got, team. And that's why Houston got canceled. Yeah, this yeah. isn't an isolated incident with Baylor. They obviously cannot get it together. And at some point, I understand that the virus is what it is. Teams have cases. It's what it is. Oklahoma State has a couple right now. I think they have three active. They have five over yes. the whole athletic department. Baylor has 42. At some point, you have to punish a team for not being able to get it together and not adhere – because they're obviously not adhering to protocols. There, there's, that is the only way I can legitimately believe. It, it's an, I understand that false negatives ha- can happen, but 42 cases is not – that's not an oopsie. Like there is obviously other stuff going on besides just one false negative, I feel like, or one or two false negatives. Look, I, I've had enough time to calm down. I want to blame them and say that they're – I mean, it's Baylor. 
the reputation precedes them. Fair enough. Like, so of course it's really easy to throw, like, this is all Baylor's fault. Like I, my guess is that they maybe should be doing a better job. If you're going to have an outbreak like this outbreaks happen, I get it. Um, but to me, outbreaks an outbreak is are also thing. a sign of, of not doing a good enough job of managing how you handle the virus. But again, I don't want to sit here and turn this into Baylor bashing. We've got a lot to get to in this pod. I do want to say it sucks for Oklahoma State. Forget the fact that you have no game this Saturday. You know, this is the second time an Oklahoma State game has been postponed due to the opposing team. Obviously, the season opener against Tulsa got delayed a week now. This Baylor game has been put off to the end of the season. Uh, and then we have to wait another week, not just for football, um, but it's back-to-back weeks off for Oklahoma State, That's a which huge is deal. tough. That is a huge deal. Like, a lot of people are going to be like, well, that gives them extra time to – no, 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 no. Extra time, I don't think, is, is a good thing with football it's because not. it makes you just sit around. Mm-hmm. And I could say they're practicing, but you've had to go into game mode and you've had to shut down game mode. And, you know, Mike Gundy mentioned uh, on, the, on the radio show with, with Dave Hunsiker that Mike Holder tried to find an opponent for, the, for OSU this week. My guess is that was trying to find a, a Big 12 team to move a game up. Um, I mean, everybody had a bye week, but teams weren't going to give up their idle week. I know someone had mentioned Bedlam at one point. Uh, that wouldn't make any sense because I know you would have back-to-back idle weeks. No one's going to do that. The most sense would have been figuring, convincing Iowa State to move that game up. But why would Iowa State give, take away the advantage they have by taking a week off and then playing Oklahoma State when you have to play a Tuesday? Like, I, no team's going to give up their advantage uh, to give you one. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State talked about, or Mike Gundy talked about on that same, or the radio show the previous week after the Kansas game, beating, you know, going, winning 47-7. He talked about it being one of their best weeks of practice that they had in years. And he takes a lot of stock in what he sees in practice. That matters a lot in the guys that play and what he takes away from, you know, the weeks and weeks. But they have to continue that. That can't be one week against a, the worst team in college football. They have to have another continue to have weeks like that. And having a couple weeks off, they have to find a way to continue that momentum and find a way to just keep that rolling. If they, if they fall flat this weekend for consecutive bye weeks, then they're going to get their ass handed to them at home by an Iowa State team that's getting hot after losing to – after, you know, Backfoot Purdy had one of his worst games we've ever seen against Louisiana and then comes back and plays a couple really good games against OU and then they beat the brakes off of Texas Tech last week. They're riding yeah. high and yeah. you have to be able to come out and play well, having those back-to-back off weeks is an issue, and they have to find a way to continue that momentum. And it's not just that. You know, you'd expect Spencer Sanders to start um, – right. you would expect him to start at Baylor this week. Um, and now you certainly expect him to start against Iowa State. But now he's got a – he's played a drive and a snap, uh, and his first game back is going to be a home. That's nice. But against Iowa State, um, who is good, um, that, that concerns me. If you want to play devil's advocate and look at both sides, on the one hand, that stinks for for Sanders to have to open his season against, basically reopen his season against right. Iowa State. But if there is a getting things kind of time, to the, the, there being the benefit from the time, it's that the potential of the offensive line can continue to work together and, and that can continue to improve. Um, against what we're going to see are some of the better defenses coming up against Iowa, Iowa State. I mean, I, I understand Texas, but they do have the talent. So that's, that's a big deal. Um, the other downsides, of course, if Oklahoma State is in the Big 12 title game, they now have to play a game the week before. And they don't get the opportunity to buy a week. That, that, that their opponents. Whoever they're going to play is going to have an idle week to sit by and, and be healthy and prepare for Oklahoma State that Oklahoma State's not going to have. So that's going to stink. Um, the biggest one to me is looking at the end of the schedule. So you, you will now play four of your last five games of the regular season on the road. 
You're gonna That's go huge. to you're gonna go to Kansas State, get nine a week, go to Oklahoma, get Texas Tech at home, then go to TCU and go to Baylor. That's that that is that is a gnarly stretch of games. Um, it's a lot of road games. Yeah, it it puts Oklahoma State again in a really shitty spot. And I understand COVID, but let's set COVID aside and just talk about this from a football standpoint. This sucks for Oklahoma State to have the expectations and and, and the hopes that for this season. Um, that sucks a lot. It really does. Um, it puts them in a really crappy spot. So, I mean, we knew we've said along the teams that can that can come out of this season in a good spot are going to have to go through more than anyone normally has to in a normal year. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, if they can get through it, props to OSU. It's just it's going to stink. It's going to stink a lot. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And we'll obviously we'll talk about this more next week when we preview Iowa State. Anna Buffer, who has been on this podcast a few times, is going to come on and talk a little bit about Cowgirls soccer. We'll have those interviews on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. Philip and I are now joined by Anna Beffer, who has been on this podcast I believe four or five times now. Now, a couple of these times I haven't been here for it, but I'm glad to be here for this one. Talk a little Cowgirls soccer. Anna, how's it going? Um, it's going great. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Doing all right, doing all right. Uh, yes, always happy to have Anna here, of course, color commentator for Cowgirl Soccer as well as, uh, as FC Tulsa. And Anna, I was so excited to have you on. We had planned this out, and I was hoping to have you on under better circumstances. Alas, we have to, uh, we have to talk about where things stand with the Cowgirls. Uh, last time you were on and we talked, it was ahead of the West Virginia game. Uh, it was a huge matchup. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State got the, the – the double overtime win there, 2-1, which was huge. Yeah. Uh, since then, they had a draw in Waco against Baylor, a nil-nil draw. Uh, and then, of course, last week uh, blew a, a 1-0 lead late and then lost in overtime to TCU mm-hmm. to, to really lose their grip on sitting atop the Big 12 standings and now are going to have to not only win but have some things go their way. Right. Uh, I'm really curious – from your perspective, you know, obviously you were, you were able to call the game against TCU, and that was a, that was a big one. TCU, West Virginia, obviously TCU is good this year. Full, full credit to TCU. This isn't yeah. like OSU blew it against a bad team. Full credit no. to TCU. But a very similar situation with West Virginia and TCU, where OSU had a, a 1-0 lead and held it for quite some time, and then at the end of the match, let it get away from them. Um, mm-hmm. For TCU, they held that one-all lead for quite a long time, and then they lost it at uh, in the last like four minutes left or three or four minutes left in regulation. Similar thing to, to, to West Virginia, they lost that, that lead in the in roughly the seventy-sixth minute of, of that match. And then TCU's case, you know, the TCU scored quickly. So, what is it? And 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 talk me through. Is it a situation where just those those final minutes are just that difficult, and this is how matches go, or do you see something with OSU where maybe they're struggling at the end of matches here? Yeah, oh, that's a loaded question. I'll say it really it just depends. I mean, so many things to think about. Like when I look back at the West Virginia game and I see their overtime win there, in my opinion, watching that game, you could feel the momentum and like working in Oklahoma State's favor. They we're playing with confidence. They, you know, looked really good. And in the, the um, extra time period, you could tell they were, you know, fighting hard, really wanting to score. And not that they weren't wanting to score against TCU. It was one of those things where the game just the deeper and deeper it got, TCU got more comfortable. They were playing the ball around, you know, knocking the ball around, trying – basically they found their rhythm. 
And I'll, I mean, credit to TCU, they they looked really good in my opinion. They definitely didn't lose to a good team. I mean, I was looking today at the United Soccer Coaches poll just to kind of see where we fell. And I mean, you have four Big 12 teams in the top 15, including TCU, Kansas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. So that's, I mean, that's something we said about the conference, but it's tough those last few minutes and it's hard as a player. And I mean, when I played Colin (laughs) constantly emphasized it, but to just stay switched on and close out those games. And it's hard to do, especially against a top tier team because you switch off for one second and they'll take advantage. And that's what happened, you know, in the first few seconds of overtime against TCU, a good team will punish you. And unfortunately that's what happened. But I mean, on the contrary, they're not done. They're not completely out of it. You know, West Virginia, they still have to play Kansas. They still have to play um, TCU. So a lot of those teams still have, you know, each other left to play. So a lot of room for shuffle. But, you know, from OSU standpoint, yeah, from this point out, they have to take care of business. And they know that. I mean, they know know what they have to do. And, I mean, I will say the result at Baylor, it's, it's hard to play at Baylor. So a tie is not a bad result. Um, it's it's tough to play there. They're a tough team to play, really physical, and they're just one of those teams that they just try to disrupt your play, and sometimes it works. And so for them to, you know, hold off, and they, they played well against Baylor, but just couldn't, you know, find the back of the net. But a tie's, you know, it's not bad. Losing against a good TCU team might give them, you know, a little wake-up call heading into these last few games to just close it out, and hopefully things fall in their favor. Um but, yeah, it was, it was a tough weekend. I know when you texted me, you were like, gosh, dang, I wish, you know, I wish we were sitting pretty. But, I mean, it's, it's a tough conference, so. Yeah, you've talked about that before, how, or, or was it, maybe she was Carmichael, uh, or Coach Carmichael, it was that there was a loss during the season that really kind of flipped a switch and turned things around. And mm-hmm. we've seen OSU should go through that before where a loss has, has kind of refocused them and, and they've gone on a tear since then. So, yeah. you know, for OSU, they have the win over West Virginia and that's huge. West Virginia sits top the, the conference stands at four one. Um, of course, TCU and OSU both at, well, they both have 10 points, three Oh and one for TCU and the loss for Oklahoma state. Cause mm-hmm. they've, they've played more matches than, than both TCU and West Virginia. And of course, Kansas going on, we mentioned Baylor, Kansas going on the road and losing right. to that Baylor team, getting Baylor's first win. Both Baylor's record is ridiculous. They're one, one, and three. So three, three ties. Yeah. So obviously, you know, defensively, <laughs> they've done a great job. Offensively, they've not quite put over the top. Either way, yeah. in, in Oklahoma State's favor, they have the win over West Virginia. They have the loss to TCU. Uh, you know, West Virginia still has Baylor and Kansas and TCU on their schedule. TCU still has to go to Kansas. They've got West Virginia at home. Mm-hmm. And Kansas, of course, still has both West Virginia and TCU. And, of course, Oklahoma State, which we'll get to here in just a minute. So, I mean, there's still lots of, of, of soccer to play, and, and, and a lot of the opponents that you're hoping will, will suffer some losses to benefit Oklahoma State still has some very challenging matches on their hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of room for shuffling the last few weeks of the regular season. And I think that's something I remember when I was playing, it, it sucks as a player knowing that you, you know, they started out so strong and the standard that this team has obviously is to win the big 12. Um, I mean, that's the standard every year, but especially these girls, they've tasted it before. Some of them have two rings, so they know what they have to do. Um, but like you said, I mean, this is a, a good year for the big 12 and, 
there are a lot of really good teams. So it's just something where they kind of have to put their blinders on and just control what they can control. And that starts, you know, with their next game against Kansas, who's not going to be an easy team. And it's, you know, a team that you have to show up for. I mean, you have to show up for every game in the Big 12, but Kansas isn't going to roll over. So this is another big test for them. And they have to, you know, have a short memory. And that's one thing that I was actually talking to, um, I think it was Karen about, but with each of these games, you know, like in the normal season, you have two games, obviously on a weekend. So if you have a Friday game and say you lose, you just have to forget about it quickly. And then you, you want to win that much more on Sunday just to forget about it here. I mean, this season you lose, if you lose, then you have a week and it just kind of marinates and it just sucks because you can't go out and fix it. So I think this is going to be big for them just to see how they respond to that loss. And I mean, it's honestly kind of a make or break because if they, if they can win out, they still are in the hunt, but it's tough because if they don't get a result, it's, it's going to be that much more difficult because I don't think these high caliber teams are going to make many mistakes. What are going to be some of the keys for Oklahoma state this weekend against a good Kansas team on the road in Lawrence, finding a way, like you talked about finding a way to bounce back after a tough result against TCU to at least try and maybe steal a point on the road here. Uh, worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, I think for them it's going to be they have to just be clinical in front of goal because there were option or there were opportunities against Baylor. They had opportunities to win that game multiple times and they weren't able to finish, and that happens. Um, and then at TCU, there were bits and pieces of it where they had chances in front of goal but weren't able to finish. And at, at TCU, they they kind of had moments where they they looked great in possession, and then moments where they looked a bit disconnected and players being frustrated and it's just you know one of those things they're going to have to have a complete game um they're you know their back line's very organized Allie Jackson Tim Rodriguez they all do a great job Simon's a freshman but she's proven that she's much more mature than a freshman um so they're just going to have to have a complete game top to bottom and obviously having a clean sheet will help immensely but you have you know players we've talked about them all season like Coleman or Yoakum or Dowell and even, you know, big time Hannah Webb, super happy for her. She scored a great goal last weekend. So they have the players that can step up, but it's just going to be one of those things where you might not get, you know, as many opportunities and you have to take advantage of the ones you get in front of goal. And that's something that Oklahoma state has done so well um, just at the beginning of the big 12 and throughout especially this team and some of those players, their career, but that's something that they've been lacking the last couple of games is just being clinical in front of goal and being ruthless in front of goal. And I think that's going to be really important. If they score early and kind of the floodgates open, I think they're in good shape. But if players continue to get frustrated and, you know, um, if they're not hitting the target or they're not, um, you know, just building confidence in the final third, I I think they're going to struggle. So I I think that's a big key heading into this weekend. So, yeah, as we mentioned, you know, OSU trying to bounce back from loss. Going to be tough because Kansas doing the same thing coming off that loss, their first loss of the season to Baylor, and they're going to have be at home. Um, so that is a tough stretch because after that, you, you, you look at the schedule and you think it much more comfortable for OSU. I mean, think about this, though. Coming into the season, based off of the preseason expectations, Oklahoma State's schedule set up perfectly because they got mm-hmm. West Virginia and Texas and Texas Tech all at home and, and of course, TCU. And those are the teams picked in the top half with Oklahoma State. Instead, your top teams are West Virginia and Kansas and Baylor and TCU. Mm-hmm. It's just not what we, we thought we would get. And so instead of having a favorable schedule where you've got all of these expected good teams at home and kind of spread out, 
you have four straight matches of West Virginia, Baylor, TCU, Kansas with the other top four teams. That just, it makes this a really tough stretch, you know, and puts that much pressure on this, mm-hmm. this game at Kansas. And I don't, I don't want to look past Texas, Texas Tech and, and Oklahoma. Uh, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about the Oklahoma, the Bedlam match getting rescheduled here in a second, but it just, you, you hit a stretch of four games. You didn't know were going to be as challenging as we originally thought. And it just, it, I mean, that's, that's how this stuff works. We never, you know, we can make preseason expectations all we want in any sport. Things, things happen on the field, not, a, not on a, in a notebook or on, on print. But it does put a lot of pressure on this Kansas game because after that, I mean, if, if they can't come away with – I mean, it really – it feels like if they can't come away with a win from Lawrence – even mm-hmm. a draw might put them in a situation where they're going to have to hope for a, a lot of chaos between those right. other teams of Kansas, TCU, and West Virginia to to feel like they're going to have a real shot at winning the conference this year. Yeah, no, I mean, you're you're exactly right. And I know that, I mean, they're probably already putting a lot of pressure on themselves, but it's just one of those things where it's cliche, but I know the girls just because of the COVID environment and everything that's happening, it's this season more than anything is just take it one game at a time you're excited to get out on the field. Um, so that's you know, unfortunately what they're going to have to do at Kansas. They're just going to have to focus on that one game. And like you said, if they can't you know, get the win against Kansas, it just makes it that much more difficult heading down the stretch. And they know that. And I mean, really stranger things have happened. So you never know, you know, what shakeups there will be the last few weeks among those other teams. But I mean, Texas won't, roll over tech won't roll over and then as you mentioned oh you getting rescheduled bedlam is always a toss-up just because of the emotions involved and with it being at norman it you know it makes it that much tougher and oklahoma state definitely has the ability to win these last four games but i think kansas will kind of be a catalyst for them heading into the last few games if they win i think they can really bounce back and get back to their standard and if they lose i think it's going to just be tough heading out the rest of the season so speaking of Bedlam, obviously OSU was supposed to open the season at Bedlam at Norman. Um, that, due to some some coronavirus, um, that game got um, delayed. OSU was able to move up their game at Kansas State, go and get that win. Now the game has been rescheduled. We have an official date. It is November twelfth, uh, which is a full like two weeks after their matchup against Texas Tech. Texas Tech game is on the thirtieth, um, so they're going to have to go a full basically two weeks because it'll be on 12th is a, is a Thursday um, mm-hmm. until they get that Bedlam match. You know, you mentioned already uh, you're used to playing two matches a week, um, a Friday and a Sunday match or Thursday and Saturday, depending upon, you know, who, right. who's on the schedule. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a, that's a big change from usual, which obviously yeah. affects how things go. How, how would you handle trying to wait two weeks for a match like that? Yeah. It's, Thankfully, I mean, I, I was never in that situation, so I, I can't imagine. And it's going to be even – the anticipation will be even bigger, like we've talked about, if, you know, there's a lot – well, there is a lot riding on that game no matter what. But if, you know, things come down to the wire, obviously that could be potentially a, you know, a regular season championship winning game if if it comes down to that. Um, but I think if I know Colin and kind of how they operate, they'll – try to have some sort of normalcy. I'm sure they'll try to have some sort of either scrimmage, inter-squad scrimmage, or just to create some competition and keep everyone motivated. And I don't think the player's motivation will be an issue. Everyone gets fired up for Bedlam. You look forward to Bedlam 
no matter when it is. And I'm sure they're just ecstatic that they're getting that game in because, you know, at that point when it got canceled or scheduled, who knows? Um, so I'm sure they're just pumped that they've found a way to get it on the schedule. But yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's tough. And this season, everything about this season obviously has been you know, not planned. Um, so just another you know piece of adversity that they'll have to power through, which they've done so well so far. And I mean, even though they haven't gotten the results they've won in the last couple of games, they still are on a great, you know, really streak considering everything. And they've, they've looked really, really good at times. And I think they, um, they can kind of peak at the right time, starting with Kansas. Um, I think they're in a good position and can continue, you know, rolling in to Norman and taking care of business. And even if that means waiting two weeks, I, I know that those girls are, you know, very talented. They all love the sport and do everything they can to win games. So I'm sure they'll find a way no matter what. And I'll, I'll just ask, I mean, obviously they're going to Lawrence and uh, you won't be on the call for that one since it's, that'll be a Kansas home game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume you'll, you'll watch. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, do you, do you want to make a prediction for this one? Or is that, you do is that like bad juju? I don't know. No one's ever really asked me that. And I feel like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I will say I'm based on just the personnel and how they've looked so far this season from my perspective, and I don't, I don't want to jinx it. I won't give a score. How about that? But I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident that they'll go in there and take care of business because some of the girls on this team, I mean, really all of them, I've just a really talented group. And I mean, I know some of them personally, I, I played with them. Um, they were freshmen when I was a senior and this senior class, especially, they just have kind of that extra bit of work ethic that you don't find. I mean, players like Hannah Webb and Cammy and Charmé leading the team, and they have so many mature players, um, you know, underclassmen that are just really mature for their age and already making such a huge impact. Um, so it'd be hard. I don't think this group's going to roll over after a loss. I think if anything, it's going to fire them up even more. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that they'll go in there and do what they need to do. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. I'll be. I mean, with no issue football this weekend, I'll, I'm I'm jacked to. To watch yeah. that match on Friday yeah, night, sure. yeah, and hopefully that wasn't so bad last week because we didn't have football. So I look forward to soccer, and then they lost, and it, oh. for some reason bummed me out a whole lot more than I thought it was going to bum me out on <laughs> Saturday. And I was like, "Well, sure, all right, fine, I'm just turning two shoes." Okay, so here's hoping for a W, so we can feel real good this weekend. Yeah, I feel you. Me too. Anna, thank you so much for joining us once again. I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. We are big Cowgirl soccer fans here at the site and on this podcast, and I'm sure we'll have you on again here soon to talk Bedlam or anything else. Thank you so much. Great. No, I love it. Thanks so much. It's always it's always fun to talk soccer with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get you back on so before uh, we'll get you back on before the season's over, and uh, hopefully after like two or three straight wins and we're sitting here talking about how Bedlam sets up for a Big 12 championship game. Or, exactly. Uh, title. That, yeah. That's that's the dream scenario. <laughs> All righty. All right. Take care, Anna. Thank you All so much. Thanks, Anna. Appreciate right. it. Bye. All right, Philip. let's talk a little bit of college hoops here, Oklahoma State basketball. Their first practice is – this is – we're recording this on Tuesday night. It will be Wednesday, probably by the time this comes out, maybe a little bit later – 
going to be live streamed on OKC.com and I believe YouTube. And so you can watch the live practice. That's going to be really fun. I think it's a great opportunity to showcase the program and showcase Kate Cunningham. And I think that's good for NBA scouts, for any basketball nerds and for Oklahoma State fans. It's a really good start to the season. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Uh, I, all, I'm good, all I know is I'm not going to be productive um, on Wednesday from three till whenever that practice is over. Sorry, boss. Maybe I'll take a super, super late lunch. Uh, and sit and watch that for a little while because I'm very excited. Um, so obviously that's big news. The other big news is we know a little bit more about Oklahoma State's schedule. Um, just so everybody understands kind of how the nightmare that is trying to put together non-conference schedules is going right now. Uh, the conference has announced everyone will play two conference. The Big 12 will play two conference games in December. Uh, OSU has TCU and, and Texas. I think it's home game versus TCU and a road game versus Texas. It's like December, I think like 16th and 20th i think that sounds about right um so those are those are going to be interesting uh the schedule officially starts november 25th first games can be played on the 25th uh, and the max number of games you can play is dependent upon whether or not you participate in an mte um, for people who don't know mtv mtv is a network that used to play music videos now <laughs> plays nonsense reality shows mte is a multi-team event everyone's been throwing this you know little three-letter thing on all the tweets, all the college basketball guys. And I was like, what the, what does that even mean? I've never seen that before. Like it was commonplace. And I'm like, no, you nerds. It's MTE. MTE. Gosh, stop. I'm not saying it again because I'm going to keep saying MTV when I say MTE. Anyways, Oklahoma State's going to participate in the 2020 Golden Window, uh, which is going to be held in Lincoln, Nebraska at the University of Nebraska. So the way the ruling is, um, the most games a team can schedule this year is 27. That's if you participate in an MTE. Um, so basically, if you if you don't participate in one, you, the most you can schedule is 25. If you do, it's 27. So it's either 24 games plus three MTE games or 25 plus two. OSU's playing uh, three MTE games in Nebraska. That's what's on the schedule. Uh, it'll have an 18-game conference schedule, so everybody still does round robin, which means they could potentially, with 18 to, to 27, potentially schedule nine non-conference games. Uh, the schedule right now looks like they have eight slotted, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, this thing in Nebraska is interesting. They, when they had announced that, that Nebraska might do this originally, um, they had said they wanted to try and get up to 16 teams. As of now, they have San Francisco, Nebraska, LSU, Cleveland State, Illinois State, OSU, of course, Nevada, and Northern Iowa. Uh, I believe that I've also seen Colorado State and someone else was included in that list and now I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but I believe I saw up to 10 teams have already kind of agreed to, and they're, they're working on Ah, yes. Uh, Colorado state and Western Kentucky. So there's your 10. So probably as many as six more, or at least one more power five. I'd expect somebody from the PAC 12 joining. So some interesting opportunities there for Oklahoma state. Uh, they're going to travel to Marquette on December 1st for the big 12 big East battle. That's a, that's a big game. Uh, they've got a bye game versus Oakland at home on December 5th. They've got an open date on the 8th of December for a home game. Hopefully they can get somebody of note there. Um, they're going to stick with their game at Wichita State on December 12th. Uh, and then, of course, after that, uh, you get a couple conference games. And then, of course, the SEC Big 12 Challenge on January 30th. So do we have the, the team for the SEC Challenge yet? No, that has not it? been announced yet. I, I think a lot of it was – usually it is by now, but, you know, with everything – Right. going on and schedules and flux and what's happening. Uh, they have not announced the matchups. Uh, I would assume that will happen soon. I figure all that stuff's going to get figured out before November 
25th before games start. We have about six weeks left until until games start, which is very exciting. I would expect sometime between now and then we get them. I would. I'm hoping for. Here's the deal. I'm hoping for that to be a, a game we can get excited about. If if OSU is not going to play in March Madness, if they're not going to get the postseason ban delayed or overturned, like then give us a, a who's who of matchup. Tennessee uh, would be is an option. Uh, Florida, based off of who played on the road last year, you got to get a team who was on the home last year or didn't participate last year if they're going to be coming to Stillwater. So looking at like I think a Florida or a Tennessee or. Ooh, Tennessee would be fun. awesome. That'd, that'd be a it good Can we just get Auburn? Can we get Auburn and make sure we get to face LSU in Nebraska? And uh, if they could get Arizona to show up in Nebraska as well, we could just face all the other FBI investigative teams and maybe go 3-0 and against them. That would really uh, that would really just, just put a smile on my face uh, if, if we could do that. So, I mean, look, we're just going to be happy to have college basketball. That's all that really matters. Yeah, but for sure. I, I really hope for – you know, to see a couple of, uh, of nice games at Wichita State. Don't know what's going to happen there with Greg Marshall. Now basically just saying he didn't do anything. What an asshole. Uh, road game at Marquette. So we are just just hope for some marquee games outside of the Big 12 to really have something to look forward to. I mean, we get we get Cade Cunningham for one year. I want to watch him face some some dudes. I want to watch him face some, some, some good teams and, and get an opportunity to showcase Oklahoma State with all the eyeballs watching him. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to see Oklahoma State play a really good slate there in that golden window at, uh, at Nebraska. You want to see them play Nebraska. You want to see them play LSU. And then hopefully they can either get a, you know, a decent power five or a, de- a really good mid-major like a Creighton or a Butler or something like that in, you know, in there as well for that, that tournament. And Oklahoma State goes 3-0, and 2-1 in that stretch. That says good things about what Oklahoma State's going to do. And even if they don't play, they don't get anybody better and you see a bunch of mid-majors play an upper, you know, play like in Northern Iowa or something that, while maybe not a great program, they're consistently in March or a decent enough mid-major that it'll look good on the RPI or BPI, whatever the rating scale is now, I don't even know. But I think that would be a good spot. I'm excited for the matchup against Marquette. That's a really good, that's a really, really good non-conference game. I wish Marcus Howard was still at, Mar- at Marquette because mm-hmm. Kate Cunningham versus Marcus Howard would be a ton of fun. And then excited for the SEC Challenge. Wichita State's going to be a good game. I hope that Oklahoma State absolutely beats the brakes off of Wichita State just to shove it up Greg Marshall's you-know-what. Um, it's, it's, a good, it's a good schedule right now. And, you know, more than anything, I just want to watch basketball. I, I think that at the end of the day will trump just about anything else, in my opinion. Yeah, and no, I'm I'm excited. Look, I mean, I figure you're gonna get one more Power Five team for Nebraska, um, and then some more some more mid majors, probably nearby. Um, so if it's nearby, your Power Five is out of the Pac-12 because like Louisville's hosting their M- own MTE. Uh, so I don't know of another ACC team that's in proximity enough that's gonna want to come. Um, you've already got LSU. You're not gonna add another SEC team, even though it'd be fun if Arkansas showed up. Um, I, I, you could, in theory, because it's not like they have to face off. You're only playing three games, right? So it, it doesn't really matter. My guess is they will look to add a Pac-12 team. Um, Colorado, Arizona, or Arizona State makes the most sense. I would Arizona be happy State to have, would be fun. I would have, I'd be happy. Colorado's pretty good. Oh, yeah. um, and of course, Arizona. It's Arizona. So if if Oklahoma State can, I don't care about Nebraska. They're not good. Get LSU. And I was talking to my buddy Brian Ralph, who base of of Heat Checks, like, look, oh, everybody outside of LSU on this this list they put out so far, OSU would beat either handily or they would give OSU a challenge, but OSU would win that game. The only one on there would be LSU is is not an obvious win. 
So give me LSU. Northern Iowa is good. Nevada is is always a good program. I like that. Uh, I like Northern Illinois uh, or Northern Iowa. So that one would be good. Uh, and if whoever this Pac-12 team is that's coming in, uh, give me them. So I, 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 my my big thing for OSU in this is I understand you're you're going to someone else's place in their event. You and Alice, you are one of the biggest names who are going to be there with the most eyeballs on you. Not because of Oklahoma State, but because you have Cade Cunningham. Because you have a guy who's a national player of the year contender. Push your weight around and get the games you want. Just be like, look, we're not going to come in here and play Illinois State and San Francisco and Nebraska. We're not doing that. Give us the games we want. We're happy to be here. That'll help you. It's going to get more eyeballs on your event if you're putting us in matchups that CBS wants and ESPN wants and, and these – networks want to put on because Oklahoma State's going to have Cade Cunningham and they want to see him go up against whoever. So give us LSU. Uh, if you're going to get one of the, the non-Power 5 teams, Nebraska or Northern Iowa is fine. I would love Nebraska – or no, sorry, Nebraska. Nevada – Nebraska is basically a G5 school in basketball. Uh, Nevada or Northern Iowa is fine. And then whoever you get from the Pac-12, assuming it's not Utah. They're not good. I don't don't want Utah. Um, but just make sure you get a, a nice lineup. I Oklahoma's got quite the lineup for their non-conference schedule. I would like OSU to have a, a nice one. And look, uh, Mike Boynton never backs away from from any sort of a challenge. Oh, absolutely. So. He loves to challenge his team in non-conference. Yeah. For sure, so, there, there's going to be some wins. Like, you have a bye game against Oakland. You're probably going to see, even if it's a you know not an incredible opponent, that open date, you're probably going to get a decent mid-major probably in there. Like they got a Yale last year. I think I, I can see a, a team kind of like that that's good – Maybe a tournament team, but a good enough win that it at least looks good and you know not terrible against your uh, BPI or whatever it is. It, it's hard. To, it's really hard this year because everyone's limited in non-conference games to get teams to go on the road. It's hard to get good teams to go on the road unless it's worth their time. So you're seeing like Gonzaga and Baylor schedule each other. You're seeing Gonzaga and, and Iowa schedule each other. It's going to be hard to get a marquee team to, to come to town. But if you can do it, and I don't mean like you have to get Duke or Kentucky, like if you can get a second, if you can get Arkansas to come to town, Arkansas was good last year. They're going to be really good this year. They're going to be better this year. Get Arkansas to come to town. If you can get, I, I, I really just find somebody that, that even if, like, if you get Memphis, like they're, they seem to be turning yeah. things around. If you get, I hate, like I'm tired of playing Houston, but shoot, if you want to give us Houston, get Houston to come to town. They are good. Kelvin Sanderson puts together a good team. That's a good product. That's a game people are going to pay attention to. Like just my big thing is, Get games that are going to bring eyeballs and then win them. Get yeah. people talking I, about OSU, talking about Cade Cunningham, moving them up in the polls, keeping Cade Cunningham in the conversation for National Player of the Year. Force the NCAA to be like, nope, we're sticking to this punishment even though you're one of the most talked about teams and we're going to lose money by not having you in the tournament. Like, Force them to say that and make that decision. Yeah, I, I am very curious how much leverage Oklahoma State having Cade Cunningham is, has when it comes to scheduling some of those games against decent teams. Sure, teams may not want to go on the road, but you have a guy like that. You know the game's going to be on a major network because they want to put Cade Cunningham on TV because think about the money that brings in number one player in the country, especially if he plays well in that golden window turn, you know, tournament and moving forward as the season rolls. It's a big deal to get him on TV, but then also to have your team even if you know you're probably not going to win, or at least you're on TV with him on there, there are going to be eyeballs on it whether they're watching you or not. That does a lot for your team, and money is so important, especially to some of these mid-major schools right now, that having that game on ESPN where you may go and get your get the break speed off you in GIA, it matters because people are watching it anyways, right? 
Like, I'm sure there is some leverage that Oklahoma State has here having a guy like Kate Cunningham on their roster. I think so. I, mean, I do. I think that should be able to benefit them. Again, Gonzaga and Baylor having to schedule a game each other. Uh, Gonzaga scheduling a game against Iowa. Iowa, Baylor, Gonzaga, these are these are three teams that will all be in preseason top five. Um, if, if there's a year to finally get the monkey off your back and finally beat Gonzaga, it might no, be gonna, I'm, I'm going to take – no, no, no. You won't. I, said, I love Kate Cunningham. No. They're – I don't think you understand how good Gonzaga is this year. Like, oh, I, I, I don't mean it's bad. I freaking hate Gonzaga. I yes, absolutely and I, hate I hate the stat that we have yet to beat them in basketball. Have Trust I told me. you that I was? Have I told you that I was at the game when Adam Morrison banked in that three? Yes. Yeah, I was at that. Yeah. Still a terrible memory. Was that the? I was at the one that they played in Oklahoma City. What year was that? I don't know. I gotta think back how long ago that was. I've seen Oklahoma State lose to Gonzaga in person. I am I am aware it's it's annoying, um, but there's good teams. There's there's good teams you can get. Let's just get one. Just get one. I understand it's not, it's not even about like fans in the stands or anything. Just get somebody exciting. I think excitement matters. I think I hear a baby crying in the background. Yeah, I think you woke up. I think it's time to ra- uh, to wrap this up then, sir. It, it just might be. All right. You have any final thoughts or anything else here? Uh, I would also be fine with Creighton. Creighton would be a good team yes. if you can get him down. That is a matchup. I know that's two Big East teams, or I don't care. Creighton would be a fun one to get in Stillwater. That'd be a nice, a nice matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry for the rambling on this episode. We we had to shift plans a little bit. Uh, we'll blame Baylor on this one. How how about that? This, this one that's, is Baylor's fault. Everything is Baylor's fault. Blame Baylor. All right, Philip. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Personally at OKTXAR Poke. Of course, you can follow my show, the 1012 Podcast, T E N, the number 12, the word podcast. Uh, it's available anywhere podcasts can be found, as well as on Twitter at the, at the thing I just said. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. We will be back next week to preview the Iowa State game. We actually get to talk about football. Thank God. Damn it, Baylor, why'd you have to do us to us this week? We'll talk to you all later. Have a good one, everybody.